You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the post-Christmas edition of the PowerCat Questions podcast. Only three of us today. Zach's feeling a little under the weather. I think it was eggnog. I'm Tim Fitzgerald. Cole Carmody is in the chair that Zach's usually in, and Ryan Gills Gilbert's over there. The dogs have assumed their position. We're just missing Zach in his eggnog issue. <laughs> Did we decide that Zach doesn't like eggnog? Cole? Yeah, I think I was the only one that liked eggnog. That's right. Maybe he tried it. Maybe based on your recommendations, he got into some pickled herring and eggnog, yeah. and now he's sick. That's a little bit more likely, is the thing. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, how was your Christmas, guys? It's good. Good, really good. Did you get a new bike or a pony or anything? Underwear? Socks? I don't know. What was it? I'm trying to think. I got some I got, nice shoes. I got a book about Rick Ross. Oh, I saw that. That That's so perfect. Uh-huh. Was that from Santa? Or Yes. Yes. Santa. Santa Santa's a big. He's Santa, a boss. Yeah. Santa is a fat guy who likes music and has, you know, jingles, bells and stuff. <laughs> He'd be a Rick Ross fan. They kind of are. They're similar. Yeah. Santa's beard is white. Rick Ross would be a good Santa. Oh, Going back to last week's discussion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Perfect Santa. Mm-hmm. Did you get anything fun there, Colsies? I got shoes. Um, uh, how many pairs? Like three pairs of shoes. Really? Actually. So all tennis shoes or dress shoes? or? I, so a one pair of uh, nicer dressing shoes to wear mm-hmm. when I mm-hmm. go student teach. Mm-hmm. And then... Two Nike shoes. Very nice. Nice. But the best gift was probably getting to spend the day after Christmas with Mr. Gilbert at the Chiefs game. Who is a Steelers fan, correct? And it was amazing That's to great. see the look on his face yeah. when the Chiefs absolutely rolled him. Yeah. that You're not wrong. So <laughs> I, if you didn't know, folks, Becky and I went to Vegas for Christmas with her family, and it was glorious. We had a three-bedroom condo um, overlooking... The strip, I don't even know how to describe it. It was an unbelievable view. And uh, I was in Vegas for the Chiefs game. Vegas had a home game. The Raiders played the Broncos, so the Chiefs were blacked out. And I didn't go down to a casino. I could have gone down and found a TV, but I was trying to get work done. That was my one day. I was going to sit there and have the Chiefs on and get some work done. I did my daily delivery about the bowl games. It looked like hell. I looked like hell. But we got it done. And no Chiefs. I didn't get to see any of it. But I do have it recorded upstairs. How was uh, how was Vegas with all the Raiders fans? Did you get to see them out? It, or it's really like cool. I, I've been to Vegas numerous times, but this is the first time I've been there with an NFL backdrop. And, you know, you didn't see people before the game, but after the game, uh, we went to a show at New York, New York, and went over there and ate. And, I mean, at, Vegas is all of a sudden filled with Raiders and Broncos jerseys. It's really cool. cool. They're They're – Convinced they're getting an NBA team next. And if that is true, then I'm sorry, Kansas City, you're not. Mm -hmm. Because Seattle's been promised one, and if Vegas gets the other one, 
They're building, they want to build another arena. They don't want to share the arena. They're talking about a, another massive arena on the Strip, only in Vegas. Is T-Mobile on the Strip? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. T-Mobile is uh, really, it's adjacent to what's now Park MGM, and it was the, uh, I spaced it off, but it's kind of between New York, New York, and Park MGM. Why can't I think of the name of it? I think that was the hotel we stayed at the first time we ever went, Becky, at, uh, as a couple. Um, oh, well, I'll find it. Oh, folks, we are sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. They put the hoe into your holiday. I don't know. That didn't work at all. <laughs> that really. I, I apologize to the Fridge for that ad. They don't give you hoes. They... The, that it's they sell liquor. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Not doing it very well. They have beer and liquor and and uh, mixes and all kinds of stuff. And it's I love it. I get emotional. It, it's a special place. Our segment sponsors are Tanners and the High Low. Hmm. High Low. There we go. That's a better way to say it. If you haven't been there yet, the High Low will leave their Christmas decorations up for a little bit. And it's awesome. It's incredible. And Tanner's leaves its Tanner's decorations up year-round, and it, too, is very festive. Let's get to your questions from Wildbash Station. I'm, I'm told that the question askers were a little distracted by the holiday, as we were. But we will muster through. We will find a way to complete this podcast with the three of us. Maybe we'll give Dude the mic mm. and let him. He does not look motivated. They're just back from the kittle. Oh, my God, that's sad. Gills, you doing it, or is he doing it? Mr. Carmody's got it. Coles! Mr. Midnight. Go! First question from Claws Out, Balls Out. Odds K-State actually plays LSU in the Texas Bowl. I was just talking to Ryan Wallace about that, and I think uh, roughly uh, 25% yes. Too many people... I I, I don't want to get political about this. I don't want to get into the weeds about... This variant and the whole thing, but this is a very contagious variant. It's not very um, threatening as of now. I mean, we're not seeing hospitals fill up like we did earlier. And I'm just going to say, you can't trust capacity rates because you don't know what the hospital capacities are. Everyone's understaffed right now, whether you're a hospital or a restaurant. And if you've got Same thing. You walk into a restaurant and you see a bunch of open tables and they've got to wait. That's because they don't have the staff to fill the tables. And now imagine that being a hospital bed. So I don't know what, you know, hospital rates are right now, but there don't seem to be a lot of deaths from this, but it is very contagious. And I think we're all going to get it, which is okay. I mean, that might be the best thing is get a, a lower version of this, but it's just ripping through. And my thought on this from day one, the late date of this game made it a disaster for what's going on because all these kids went home. They all went home and it's just going to take one kid to travel back, not realizing he has it. And then he gets back and he's been around his teammates and then the symptoms show up and then they have it and they have, and I'll just, why I think it'll wipe out LSU because from what I'm hearing, LSU is already in the low fifties with available players because of transfers and and opt outs and injuries. And I mean, if you're in the low fifties now, five, Certainly 10 will take you out of this game. And maybe it'll take out your quarterback room. Like I've said from the very start, what happens? Hey, I feel fine. I'm going to go in and sit in a room with all my running backs. And then 
you weren't fine, and lo and behold, you have COVID. So it, uh, I don't think we're going to play. But I am confident of this, folks. We're not going to find out until Zach and Michael Goins and Fitz go to Houston, <laughs> spend money to go to Houston, spend some time in a hotel room, and then the game will be canceled. I hope I hope they play. I really do. I really do. I hope they play. Who's Cole? Was that you again? It wasn't me. My phone's on do not disturb twenty four seven. Damn it, it was me. Oh my goodness, that is a first. Have turned. Ooh, the turned have table. Well, who Snapchatted you? Uh, my friend Toby. He Ooh, don't want to see it. I do not want to see that. Probably he's in Puerto Rico right now, so it might be something really cool. <laughs> Like he's scuba diving, so he's actually sending really cool photos, but uh, those don't translate well onto podcast. So yeah, I don't think we're playing. I, I just don't. I, I hope we do, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think, especially with LSU, I mean, they don't want to play. No, there's absolutely no motivation for them to play. They're if they if their coach was fighting for his job, right? right. If Coach O was still there and he needed a win to maybe you know stay off the stay off the hot seat, okay, sure. But there's absolutely no motivation inside of that football football program for them to play. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have – well, they have a coach, but he's waiting to come into the program. I'm not sure the fans even really care no, they if they don't. play. So there's no motivation there. The only motivation comes from the younger players who know that this is going to be their chance to play. And so I guess I could see it from that viewpoint. But another thing we have to take into consideration here, what are LSU's COVID policies you know we don't know what them or really the secs are right i mean there's a reason why all the football games i believe all the football games were played this year right there was not a single one i don't think so because the big 12 their testing standards were uniform throughout the conference well we don't know what the secs is we don't know what lsu's is and i don't know how they're going to handle this for the bowl game i think it's up to the school's discretion right so k-state could do it one way and lsu could do it another way and you know Say what you want to say, but that's how the schools are doing it. And if one, you know, if there's more positive tests, even it's just it's all up to the school's discretion now. We have no idea what LSU's is like. And I mean, if if people are sitting out asymptomatic athletes, which I think some of the pro leagues have been still doing, I don't I don't get this. I <laughs> there's no there's real no evidence that you're transmitting it. I mean, right. it's hard to tell because you don't. You don't know you had it. You know how do you know if you transmitted? So, I I'm going to be blunt here. I don't trust the test. I think the test is flawed. I think it gives a lot of false positives, which is why they go back and retest. But we get asymptomatic. Oh, you're you're negative now. They probably were negative the whole time. So I mean we've we nobody's at fault. We've just been doing this on the fly and trying to get it right. And um, yeah, I don't think we're playing. That's that's all I got to say. I'm I'm disappointed, but. As I texted the guys earlier, there is just a giant difference in the message you send with, we don't want to play in a bowl game and not accepting a bid with, oh, we can't play. We took the bid. We planned on playing, but now we've got too many opt-outs and too many COVID circumstances. It wasn't us. We we really wanted to play, and I don't think they want to play. So they'll, they'll be gladly to embrace the no game. This whole thing is what's sad about the bowl games in general. You know, LSU is far from the only team that that is using this COVID thing as an excuse because you look at K-State last year, they wanted to play every single game they could, and they did. Um, So, you know, that's kind of backing up my argument I've been making all year long with bowl games. 
they're pointless and nobody wants to play in them unless it's the college football playoff. I mean, Georgia and you know all these schools, they've had COVID tests. They've had positives. Their QB for Georgia, you know, tested positive. I don't, can't remember his name, but there's been zero talks about that game getting canceled because it matters. Mm-hmm. These games need to matter if you want to expand the playoff, great. But let K-State play Nebraska. Let KU play Mizzou. Let these rivalries come back. Make it every year, set in stone, have some meaning with these games because no one's caring anymore when you have the playoff. Right. So COVID is finally bringing that out of schools. I'll have a daily delivery on this, but um, I think we're seeing the end of the bowl era. Mm-hmm. It, you're right, Gills. It is exposing the lack of desire to play in some of these games. That this is just what you do. You go to a bowl game, you know. And now we've made 42, 43 bowl games, so everyone can go if you're six and six and above. I mean, for God's sakes, when ESPN could just make up a bowl game a month before the bowl game, it, they don't mean anything. They have lost their meaning. The playoff is what's important. Let's expand the playoff. Let's allow entities to create an NIT, a CBE, whatever they want. If you want to have an eight-team tournament, you know, take bring eight teams to Vegas. I don't know where you'd play. You can't play eight games on, you know. Puerto Rico. Yeah, well, someplace. <laughs> you can just, I mean, particularly if it's a made-for-TV thing and you're not too worried about attendance. Just let them go play. If you want to have more games, and I'll say this, uh, if I'm a bowl entity or a playoff entity or a tournament entity, however we're going to have this in the future, if I see a team with uh, an interim coach and a 6-6 six and six record, no, no, you're not getting an invite to this. I don't care if you're named Auburn or whatever. You know, they don't even have an interim coach and they don't care. I, You're not getting an invite. Let's get the teams that are invested in it and go. And here's my solution. Be done with the advantage of going to a bowl game to get the extra practice. Allow teams X number of extra practices. So if you want to stay in session after the season, when you're not playing more, you can. I don't see why you would. Or you want to switch those to the spring or maybe have a fall mini camp and like when they come back in January if you got an indoor let let schools have more practices the spring makes so much more sense right because now you have seniors that I don't even think K-State was practicing their guys that weren't coming back next year like okay yeah well let's just move that to the spring I and I think part of it too is take it back to the days you know when when Snyder went to the Copper Bowl for the first time K-State was what Eight, they had eight wins. What were they, right? With this eight and three? Uh, nine. Nine, nine and three. Yeah. That was an important game for K-State. It was huge. Why can't the Bulls say, okay, we're going to cut down immensely on the number of Bulls. We're going to expand the college football playoff. We're still going to have some Bulls, but you got to be eight and four. You got to be eight and four. And if you're not making the playoffs, then you play in a set of what, five or six bowl games. Those are going to be important. It's like how Division Two does it. Mm-hmm. If you don't make the Division Two playoffs, there's some bowls you can go to. Right. So that to me makes it just makes too much sense. Well, my argument against all this would be UTEP. You know, a program that has been in the mud and, and they get to six and six or whatever they were, they were seven, seven and five. five yeah. And, yeah, they lost their bowl, but going to that bowl was going to the Super Bowl for them. Yeah, they lost, but they still went. And so that's an important step for a building program. But 
I mean, why can't they be involved in one of the lesser tournaments, even if it's mm-hmm. a four team? You know, if you want to, if a city wants to host a four team playoff, you know, for uh, I don't even know the the Alamo playoff, and you're going to play back to back games one Saturday at the stadium, and then the next Saturday the two winners will play. I don't I don't know how you do it, but. There's another way. I'm sick of bowls. I'm tired of hearing about the tradition of bowls. There's only a handful of bowls with honest-to-God tradition, and I think those bowls will go on. If you have a 16-team playoff, the Rose Bowl will still invite the best team available from the Big Ten and Pac-12. So be it. If the if the Rose Bowl doesn't want to participate, if they want to push back on the playoff, fine. Big Ten, Pac-12, do you want the Rose Bowl or a national title? You got to pick right now. You want the Rose Bowl? Fine. We'll decide the national title without you. You're no longer part of this. They'll pick the playoff. The Rose Bowl's lost its importance, period. The Orange Bowl is a shell of itself. The Cotton Bowl is in itself. The Fiesta Bowl, honestly, is one that's grown into something when it wasn't back in the day. And the Sugar Bowl's still pretty important. But again, that is exactly what I'm talking about. They currently take... The best SEC team not available to the playoff, same with the Big 12, and match them up. And that's just not the same as it was. It's never going to be the same. And you want to know why? Because what it was didn't work right. It was fun. It was festive. But now we demand a champion. We don't want voters picking it. And we don't even want voters picking who's in there. We want to know that 16 qualified teams are in it. And I think everything going on right now is pushing us farther into the numbers. Not eight, probably 12, but now I think 16 is tangible. People want football. They just want football that means something to the people on the field. And right now, this crap we've got on our TV, I don't even know what bullet it is. What is it? Sir the first Pro, responder first bowl. First responder bowl between Air Force and Louisville. Oh, boy. That people are fired up. <laughs> People are fired up, and Houston just beat Auburn in another bowl. And uh, if you tune into ESPN, it'll, it'll be because Auburn didn't care. Well, if they don't care, why the hell are they there? If you're going to talk about the excuses why they lost because they weren't prepared or mentally focused or wanted to participate, they chose to be there. This isn't an op. This isn't a. Uh, not, time like when Kansas State got shoved into a bad Alamo Bowl after almost playing for a national championship and didn't want to be there. They went 6-6 six and six this season and didn't want to play a bowl, but they did anyhow because of the money. Are you describing LSU or are you describing Auburn? No doubt. So much. Uh, anyhow, let's move on. Next question comes from Durya. If LSU backs out of the bowl in the coming week because of COVID issues, in quotation marks, um, do you think that we will find a replacement team? No. If so, who are the candidates? No, and here's another thing that proves the whole point about all of this. You've got teams that lost their bowl games because the opponent backed out. And what does SMU and all of them do? Okay, we're done. When they know they have opportunities to maybe play in other games, they opt not to play football. Okay. Even the teams that are healthy don't really want to play. I I get that you can't go play in a different bowl on two days' notice with no preparation of the opponent. You need to do a little more preparing in football than basketball. 
I mean, basketball is literally, you can draw some things up on the chalkboard mm-hmm. and say, this is what we're going to do. Football is pretty schematically deep and chess, not checkers, and it's a little more difficult. But still, just to say, eh, we're out. Eh, we're not. We're not interested in playing. It doesn't make any sense to me. SMU would have been the perfect fill-in opponent. I mean. They had a good year as well. I know. That would have been a great game. It would have been a great game whether it was K-State or LSU that had to drop out. Mm -hmm. And I know this is all, again, we're all faking it and trying to do this on the fly. But if I was the Texas Bowl, when I saw this happening, I would have called up Houston and said, don't stop practicing. We might need you to drive down and play. Why don't you start looking at some scouting here of K-State in in Houston? That's still possible. They left. The kids are gone. For Houston? They were leaving. Yeah, no, the oh, for yeah, SMU. Yeah, they they've released their kids for the holidays. Yes. They've gone for the semester. And you say I'm talking about Houston. I mean, I know the game is about just over a week. It's a week away, exactly. Oh, right? Did Houston? No, Houston just played. The they ball. just played, and they yeah, talked they about the NCAA already said you can't play second ball. They didn't. They have, I believe, it was one of the schools. It could have been like, um, it was UTEP. UTEP was looking at potentially. Oh yeah, well, a, I, flying trust. for another waiver and trying to play a second bowl game and. Mm-hmm. No, I don't didn't. know if that's possible, but I, I have a pretty good source on this. Yeah, they didn't. They they were done with their game. They lost. They're like, we're not, we're just done. We're we're going home. But it makes sense. Like if a team yeah. now, why wouldn't you just want them to have them play? I I, I don't know. I let's put a team together, Gills. Okay, first captain. Okay, well then I guess you got the you got the pick. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. If there's a team that wants to play, if they've already played, who cares? Yeah, then go play. Go play. But it goes back. It's a revolving door. These bowl games don't matter. Yes. Why would you even want to play again when you didn't want to play in the first one? Yeah. I mean, that's... And you're going yeah, through the motions. Right. Yeah. And you're risking injury into the next season mm-hmm. and all that. I, I think they're dead. Uh, next question comes from Purple underscore Cheese. If the Texas Bulls canceled, how will Kleiman evaluate Colin Klein as a potential offensive coordinator? Will he go into 2022 as an interim, or do you think there's a chance for him to get the job regardless? Um, no, he won't be an interim next year. Uh, he will be one of two things. I've become convinced of this. He will either be offensive coordinator, full on, and maybe he has a co that will help him out, but he'll be the boss. Or it'll be the opposite, and he will be the co, but the offensive coordinator coming in may not be a long-term hire. It might be a Matt Wells that is literally, look, I want to be a head coach. Nothing's popped up. And Kleiman literally says, come on in, do it for a year. Make sure Colin's ready. Make sure he understands everything that goes into this. I know he's been a co-coordinator before, but that was a, that was underneath a guy who'd never been coordinator. And I'm not sure there was a, a lot of sharing going on in the relationship with Messingham. I, mean, I don't think there was a lot of counseling and tutoring. So I think that might be where we end up. And Kleiman's been pretty clear that this is not an evaluation of Colin Klein as coordinator. It really won't impact him. Now, I've said I don't necessarily believe that, but um, I can see them uh, just go ahead and bringing someone in. We'll find out. I think think it's best case scenario if you bring a veteran coach in and he is co-offensive coordinator with Colin Klein and Colin Klein kind of works under his under his wing for a little bit and and I agree that the Texas Bowl was never make or break for for Colin Klein as offensive coordinator but I think Kleiman in this bowl prep has seen and learned a lot about Colin Klein I would agree 
because well, everyone just wants to see the game and how he does, but how you prepare the team is it's almost more it's almost yeah. more important. It really is almost more important. It's just like players, you know, if somebody has goes in and they have a bad game, well, the coach isn't gonna, isn't going to lose faith in somebody after one get bad game if they've practiced for so much. Ron Gilbert, let's say you're Colin Klein. Okay, you have a chance to be coordinator, offensive coordinator at Kansas State, and instead, your head coach brings in another friend to be your boss, even if it is for a year or maybe two, how do you take that? I take it that my head coach doesn't trust me. Yeah, see, there's a downside to this. The man in charge. You know, why why are you not going to have full faith in your players? I mean, it's the same thing with quarterback, with Will Howard. Why isn't he your guy? Because you don't trust him, flat out. And that's not a good message to send to him. Your whole team sees that, so I, I wouldn't be the biggest fan of that hypothetical yeah. you mentioned, Fitz. I agree. Do you think that maybe Colin Klein would say, oh, well, if they don't want me here, then I'm going to go somewhere else. Could be. Where's he going to go, though? Well, that's just the thing, right? I mean, does he want to go be an offensive coordinator at a lower-level school? Because if history has told us anything, it's that you start as a position coach, then you go be a coordinator, then you go be a head coach. But making the – if you've never been an offensive coordinator at a, you know, a G5 school – how many times do we see people make the jump straight from – how long has Colin been coaching for at K-State? Four Seven. years? Five years? Well, I mean, he finished what, in 12? He's been co- – then he coached at Northern Iowa oh, and yeah. Yeah. somewhere else. Just one for- year. Yeah. He's been all but one year, either okay. a grad assistant or uh, – Yeah. I mean, he. I guess he's been coaching – he's right around that time where he gets promoted. I don't know if it's – So I've been K-State, told but- that Colin and Shaylin do not want to leave. Very specifically. Now, I'd been told earlier that he wants to be an OC and is ready to move on. But now maybe they had a discussion and decided we really don't want to leave. They've got a great setup with their, I guess they've got farmland uh, up by um, the guy named Jordan Nelson. Have hmm. you ever heard of this guy? Hmm. Everyone talks about hmm. him. I heard he's a good softball player. I hear he's like a washed up athlete or something. <laughs> I don't know. Longtime Raider. Longtime Raider. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that hurts. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just told that they're not really interested in leaving, but sometimes circumstances decide that. You know, I wasn't really interested in having cancer, but I, I got it. Mm. So sometimes you just got to deal with what's in front of you, and maybe moving on would be what he'd do. But he's such a good dude, and he loves Casey. I bet you he'd stick around, but may not be real happy. But that's probably his best interest to stick around. I mean, Colin Clyde wants to be in the offensive coordinator position, no doubt about that. But is he ready? I agree. Super young. And, Looking and at your entire career, you might want to wait a year. And that's my point. Yeah. 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 And look, let's let's be blunt here. I mean, if Colin goes off to – and we've talked about Old Dominion before. Did some program equivalent to that and is successful for three years, he'll be a head coach at another program just like that. And it might be Old Dominion. Let's say he went there. Ricky Ronnie's successful. And then either he or Blake Seiler would be the head coach. That's how it works at those schools. Or he could stay at K-State, take the chance that whoever they bring in is here for a year, maybe two. He becomes OC. And after eight years of Chris Kleiman, the Packers call. Just saying. Colin Klein's in line to be the head coach of Kansas State, not Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can see them just saying, let's just stay put. You guys are too young. To remember this reference, but they're Maverick staying on the wing. Can't leave the wing, man. 
can't leave the wing. Never Folks out there in podcast land, these guys are staring at each other like they have no idea what I just referenced. And I just referenced one of the greatest volleyball movies ever made, Top Gun. It is the finest of the beach volleyball movies, that whole genre. I, it owns the genre. I knew that with was a, Top Gun. I just With know. a backdrop of fighter pilots, but it's, it's clearly about uh, beach volleyball. Okay, so assuming the does the the does the, the does game, assuming the game does get played from El Camino Cat, give me the name of an unexpected player you think could make a splash for the Wildcats in the bowl game. Um, wow. But see, this is the problem. The answer has to be unexpected, but if <laughs> I comes to right to mind, I'd expect it. <laughs> oh, let's go with Is Nate Matlack unexpected? No. That's a good shift. That's choice. good. Yeah, but see, I don't know that he wouldn't be. I mean, if he goes out and gets two sacks, it's not that bold of a take, but I don't know if people would expect it. I think he has like three sacks all year, three and a half sacks, something like that. I'm trying to think of someone that's being forced into playing because of opt-out. We haven't, haven't seen a lot of opt-outs and stuff at K-State. A lot, not as much transfer portal action as I thought there would be. Maybe Justin Gardner. The last Jay game Garcia. is a wild, wildcat. I feel like one of these has to be a, a skill position. Right. That's just me. I'm no, R.J. I'm Garcia. Not, yeah, that's a good choice, actually. That'd be an unexpected person that gets woven into the playbook. Okay, let's stop and think about from this angle, who maybe Colin Klein would like that Courtney Messingham didn't? Mm-hmm. First of all, who's going to be the backup running back? Maybe that person turns out to... Ends up with the Joe Irvin 10 carries for 70 yards. All, all I know is that every time Chris Kleiman was asked a question of, well, have you figured out your running back depth? And he goes, well, you know, we still got number 22. Yeah. So I don't know if anybody not named Malik Knowles or Deuce Vaughn, or I guess if you want to say Skylar Thompson, will be running the football. Because who are they going to hand it off to? Right. Hey, ben Sennett? Deneen? Maybe one of those two? I'm going to pick Ben Sennett. That's it. That was a great choice right there. Ben Sennett will be catching passes like crazy in this bowl game. Or Daniel Bebe. Honestly, Colin Klein might want the tight end or the fullbacks more involved in the passing game than what we've seen. Well, there we go. He actually came to an answer right there. Mm. <laughs> Very nice. Last question of the first half comes from a new subscriber. So welcome to the podcast. Oh, nice. Jay Hagenbuck, I believe I pronounced that right. Jay Hagenbuck? Hagenbuck. Mm, okay. B-U-C-H. Jay, did you use your real name? Because it's not a good idea. You need to change your name to like, uh, Jay Pass the Buck. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's my job. Never mind. Go ahead. If Manhattan were to host, this is an interesting question. If Manhattan were to host their own bowl game at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, what would it be called? Please something other than the Little Apple Bowl. The Burgers Bowl. Wouldn't it be the Briggs Bowl? The what? The Briggs, Briggs Bowl? Yeah. The, the, mm. Russ Briggs sponsors everything. The Briggs Bowl. Welcome to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor Bowl. <laughs> uh, let's uh, – it probably – The Cox Bowl. Oh, marketing, marketing, marketing. It's all about the spelling. Uh, how about the um, – oh, we can't use that. I really think Manhattan High needs to change their mascot to the Gators based on the Gator being caught in Manhattan. Mm. 
Uh, I think it'd just be funny. Nobody else in Kansas be named the Gators, and you have a reason to be named the Gators. So I think Manhattan should sue to be able to be the Gator Bowl. The Briggs Auto Flint Hills Classic. What about the Wildcat Bowl? Keep it mm. simple. Or the Bobcat Bowl. So it's not really about you. It's about the greater Bobcat. But I, I don't think this is the bowl destination. I'm pretty confident that if we're going to have a bowl in this area, it's going to be Womigo. <laughs> and it'll be the Oz Bowl. Mm, there you go. I'm pretty sure. And honestly, with a few um, like temporary bleachers, I think Wamigo's high school field would be the equivalent of what some of these bowls have been played on. They're playing on soccer fields with fifteen thousand seats. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Where, why do they, Why does Boise have it? Boise State have their own bowl game? I don't know. If they can have a bowl game, K State should have their own bowl game. It is kind of weird, isn't it? Like that doesn't make any sense. Is it just because of the blue turf? Is that seriously why well, people want to go to that game? No, because the potato people want to sponsor it. That's how it started. It was. What is it? Is it now? It's the potato bowl. It is it? Yeah. I got dumped French fries on them the other day. Hmm? Yep. They get dumped French fries. Whoever wins, they get huh. like a French fry bath. It should be like uncooked potatoes. So the coach gets that would a concussion. Hurt. Yeah. Texas Tech would be disappointed in that. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, no, Kansas City could have a bowl, Frostbite Bowl, the politically incorrect stadium bowl. The Mike's Deep Esqually Bowl. <laughs> the Monkey Law. What's it called? Jungle uh, Law. Jungle Law Bowl. Hmm. Was that it for this half? Yeah. That's it for this half. By the way, the Park MGM used to be the Monte Carlo. There we the go. The Monte Carlo. And now they've fixed it up. Now there's some weird, like, exclusive hotel within the hotel. Like, the top two floors are the Nomad. I don't know what that means. I don't know what a lot of stuff means when I go to Vegas. Like, they're... This truck went by me that said, girls direct to you. And I'm like, wow, Becky, what do you think? That didn't go well. We'll be back. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Ah, I got to get into the fridge. We're leaving for the bowl game very soon, if there is one. Like I said, I'm confident we'll get down there and they'll say, wah, wah, like in Charlie Brown teacher voice. Do you guys understand that reference? Yes. Okay, thank God. I'm not that young. Wow. I don't know how when, when they show Charlie Brown anymore. Um, but yeah, we'll 
we'll get down there and I'll come back and just go to the fridge. That's how I'll celebrate the bowl that didn't happen. But for now, it's happening. Our segment sponsors are Tanners and the High Low. Make sure you support all the local businesses. When you come to Manhattan, try to spend time in a local bar or restaurant. I know some of you like Applebee's, and you think that song is just awesome, but don't do it. Be fancy-like. Going to local establishments and supporting local businesses because they're owned by local people that pay their taxes here. That's my rant. More questions from Wabash Station. Coles. First question, the second second half comes from Euler Cat 2. News is saying that there is starting to be a shortage of COVID tests and should be used only if symptomatic. Players have been home for a few days. Will all of, of them be tested before the game or just the players that may have symptoms? I'm pretty sure you're not testing anyone that's vaccinated. That's so, what I thought too. Yeah, but I wouldn't, I'm guessing it kind of depends on the school. I think some of these I'm, – look, I'm, I'm just talking out my butt right now. But I'm, I'm suspecting some of these schools tested everyone and found a bunch of cases that – and again, I, I'm not confident in these tests. There's just been too many people test positive and then two days later they're negative. It doesn't quite work that way and too many asymptomatic – when – hey, uh, Gills, just hypothetically speaking, um, if you had asymptomatic uh, Ebola, which um, <laughs> typically turns all of your – your uh, organs into liquid, which is a kind of a bad way to die. You slowly, basically, you bleed out through all of your orifices, your nose, your eyes, your, your, your you know what I'm saying. Um, but if you are asymptomatic, do you actually have Ebola? I would think it would be a false positive. Uh, is that the correct answer? Yeah, that's what I think. But anyhow, that's just me. I'm not I'm a scientist. That. I just like to play doctor. So now with the new CDC guidelines that just came out, um, we don't have any questions about this, but they yeah. said five days, uh, if you do test positive, you can you quarantine for five days as opposed to 10 days. And they also said if you are vaccinated and boosted, that if you come into contact with somebody who has mm-hmm. COVID and you're asymptomatic, so meaning you don't have any symptoms, then you don't have to quarantine. Right. Which is big because in the past... That would seem to be an admission that if you're asymptomatic, you can't pass on symptoms you don't have. Correct. Right. Correct. So what that means is I think that is huge for sports because if you come into contact with somebody who has COVID, who is tested positive, as long as you are vaccinated and boosted, you don't have to test. You don't have to test unless you start to get sick, right? You don't have to test. So... I will say as if and only if LSU and K-State are following those testing guidelines that just came out yesterday as of recording. So it would have been Tuesday. They came out on Tuesday. Then I think that there's a better chance than there was before that the game gets played. Here's what I love about the new guidelines. Now, I'm I'm just going to admit this right here. I've gotten this information from social media, so there's a 79% chance it is entirely wrong. (laughs) But uh, I I saw that if you're – what was it? Healthcare workers need to be six days, and they need to wear masks, and unless they're short-staffed. And I'm like, what? What? And same with airlines. What? So so now we've decided if you're short-staffed, someone with COVID on the back end of it can go ahead and work. I'm, I'm a little confused here. 
what have we been doing? I mean, if that is possible, just I'm baffled by some of the things that are going on. And because they're saying if you are sick with COVID, you are most likely to pass it on to somebody in the first few days. So that's the reasoning behind the change. So it makes you it makes you wonder, Okay, well, if you're past that point, then maybe the, the standards that they have now should have what we had had all along as opposed to, oh, well, it doesn't make any sense. You know, it's just blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, okay, then maybe this is actually what it should have been. It just took us a while to figure it out. But again, it's just terrible timing. And the optics of it look absolutely terrible. The optics are horrible. I'm of the belief this is probably as, I don't want to say, as loose of guidelines as you can get when what we're going to have with COVID. I don't know. How you can, you know, maybe they say quarantine for three days, but what's the difference between three days and five days? Like, right. really, there's not that much. They cut it in half, which is when you think about it, that's a lot. So I think that to really answer this question, I don't know how they're going to do the testing. Thank you, okay. you Daphne. Okay, Daphne. Are you, wor- you worked up about this? Okay. I don't know how they're going to do the testing, but if they follow the current CDC guidelines, and you would think that that would reduce the number of tests. Okay, so I'm going to share with you now my own COVID guidelines. You have the CDC. You can trust the CDC or you can trust Fitz. Uh, you, you can pick. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying they're wrong. These are Fitz's guidelines, it, personal guidelines. If I ever get COVID, even if asymptomatic, I will be a whiny bitch. That's, those are my guidelines. Mm. And I will milk it. I will like, Becky, bring me some, some energy drinks, some... Spaghetti in bed. I'll just milk it for whatever. Hopefully Whose voice was that? What? Whose voice was that? That was me with COVID. Okay. That was my COVID voice. Okay. I'm whiny. I'm going to be whiny. Yeah, I'm, I'll probably be laid up for three months with asymptomatic COVID. Mm. Mm-hmm. Then by then I'll have a TV in the bedroom and just be like, uh, Ma, where's the meatloaf? Every day. Poor Becky. So really, if I get COVID, asymptomatic Becky will be the one that suffers the most. Do we have a role in this? Uh, yeah, you're going to have to come over here and podcast. We're going to run a line of microphone up to my bed. <laughs> like, we could get it there. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, the bed's right there above us. We could just drill a hole, run a XLR cord, and I can, I can just do this from my bed. Next question from Exhausted Nihilus. Serious question. Are some schools adjusting their COVID seriousness to, fi- to find face-saving way to get out of money losing bowl games. We kind of talked about this a little bit. Yeah, I I don't trust anyone in this at this point. I don't, I, I don't trust anyone, anything anyone's saying. I don't trust what I say. I don't trust anyone's reporting. I don't trust anything going on right now. I think everyone's skewing everything, and that isn't included with athletic departments. Oh, we, we're not going to make any money. It's going to cost us, and now the guys really don't want to play. We're out. We're out. We got too much COVID. Oh, we can't show you that. That'd be medical records. We can't tell you how. No, we can't do that. So it is a pretty good excuse if you decide you just don't want to play. LSU, then you can just back out. And it's one of those things, too, where it's like if you don't think that you have as good of a chance at winning as you did before, you can say, oh, the competitive advantage is is not at what it once was. Like, oh, we had these guys go down with COVID. Like, you know, it, it affects a lot. We're, we're going to struggle to field a, field a team. Well, you can field a team. You might have walk-ons out there, but you don't want to lose. I think that's a lot. That's a large part. These teams that have COVID, they don't want to lose. Right. They want like they want to save face, like exhausted nihilists mentioned. They don't want to lose. Okay, it's it's time to insert a rant here. 
I I want to go back to this. <laughs> Gills is backed <laughs> up like I'm out. Uh, remember last year when the head football coach at Kansas State refused to use COVID as an excuse unless it was so dire that they absolutely didn't have enough people? He instead played the games and instead played a couple games at the end of the year when he was really shorthanded and got his team's butt kicked and they ended up four and six and some of you bitched about it. What would have been worse, playing the games under undermanned or not playing at all and just saying, well, I don't want to, I don't want to lose. You see, the, the problem here is with all these bowl games being canceled because of the coaches maybe saying, you know what, we're not good enough. I'm, I'm not going to take the L. You foster this when you try to coach that played the games but lost and lost in a way that was embarrassing because you were playing much less talent than you needed to play against a Texas or a pretty good Iowa State team last year. You can't have it both ways. You can't bitch about the bowl seasons being canceled while bitching about a coach that did play the games going four and six. I, I'm just saying, I want you to pick a side of that argument you want to be on. Do you want to be on the side of the argument that is we will run for competition, even though this will help our young players? And that was Chris Kleiman's argument. This will help the guys who don't normally play. Even if they're getting their butts kicked, they're going to get their butterflies out. They're going to get on the field. They're going to play some action. They're going to see what the real speed of the game is at this level. And in the end, maybe it'll be a year, two, three years down the line, it'll pay off big time for him. That was his approach. And he went four and six, and some of you wanted him fired. A few. A few of you were like, he's going backwards. It's Ron Prince. I just pick a side. Either you're okay with canceling or you want anyone to play it, No, whatever the cost is. Whatever it happens, wins or loss, you just say, go for it. You guys That's the way I am. You guys remember when um, Justin Hughes and Elijah Sullivan were out? What They played? They missed two games, right? Right. Uh, do you happen to know who the line, backup linebacker to them was? Yeah, he turned out to be pretty good. Some guy named Daniel Green. And Cody Fletcher. Maybe those guys had, playing those two games, helped them. In the That's a great point. Ladder. You remember when... Uh, Particularly Cody. Exactly. K-State didn't have a safety, so they had to move Elijah Sullivan back there. But you also remember that maybe there's a guy by the name of Ross Elder who had to step in and play some games last year because they were shorthanded in the man. secondary. My man. Maybe, maybe him playing in the second half of the season helped him actually carve out a role on this defense for 2021. I agree. You're exactly right. I, I don't. I don't understand that logic. These guys are going to have to play eventually. You might as well get them out there. That's what. That's what I really, really struggle with. Now, I would make the argument that if you're having to play a linebacker at safety, you might yes. be at the level of saying we honestly don't have enough guys to. But that's how I don't want to say radical committed he was to playing football, and I admire and appreciate that, even if the results sucked. Getting your ass kicked, no matter what the circumstances, sucks. But they played, and I trust that there will be a benefit to it eventually. 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 Cole, at K-State this last year, I assume you've been told if you're sick to stay home, right? Mm -hmm. That's how it was my last year of college. Before COVID, some teachers were hard asses, and you had to bring a doctor's note and every all this and that if you if you had to miss class. Why is college football and, and sports in general, you know, Michael Jordan with his flu game and, you know, players throwing up on sidelines, stuff like this. If you're not sick, why can't you play in a game? That's my whole issue with this COVID and the testing things. If you're too sick, then don't play. Obviously, if somebody else is sick, don't play. 
But if you're fine and you're capable of playing, then play. I think we're I moving towards that. I, we that's, better. That's my thing is I, I mean, if you've been following along where I am with COVID, I was pro mask early on. Now I'm less so because I don't think as we get more data, I, I think we're seeing some of the states with the worst numbers are the mastics. Anyhow, um, I don't understand asymptomatic. I don't understand having to sit out if you don't, if you're not sick. Mm-hmm. Because this particular variant at least presents itself as of now is not nearly as deadly. So are we going to get back to normal and say, look, if you're not really that sick, you can play the exact same guidelines we have for the flu. And I don't want you to hear, I don't want to hear that COVID and the flu aren't the same thing. If the results are the same, that you don't die very often from the flu or from this variant of COVID, let's treat it the same. And here's my thing. I've actually had a friend die in his sleep from the flu. So I don't want to hear about anything about COVID and flu and all that. I, you can always die from the flu, people. Mm-hmm. I don't, if you're not aware of that, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. So I, we've got to get to the point where if you're not sick, you can play. Unless you've got, you know, again, we're talking about testing. We better figure out how to test for the variants. Mm. I mean, I don't know how you do it. I'm, I'm not a scientist. So I'm, I'm not sure, but it does help to know if you have a home test, you have this, you have that. And they evolve. I get it. But so does the flu bug. That's why we have a different flu shot every year. So you guys, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but Frank Martin came out and they had an interview with him. And he said, mm-hmm. but it would have been like two weeks ago, maybe, he, he, he had an interview and he said, I don't know how we're going to have a college basketball season if we have our pre-vaccine testing regiment right, right now He's right. as opposed to after. Because that's something we haven't really talked about. And you can have your own opinions on the vaccine and your opinion on that is your opinion on that. But there are – there is data to prove that if you do have the vaccine, it makes you less likely to be sick and more likely to be asymptomatic if you contract the virus. That's why I got it. So the testing protocol should reflect that. That's where I'm at. I'm all for saving lives. I'm all for protecting people that might die. But now we're trying to protect people from even ever getting sick. And that is a battle we will lose. And sports will be wiped out by it. So will normal life in a lot of ways. If nobody can get sick, what what are we doing here? That is an impossible bar to clear. Fitz, you've mentioned with your cancer treatment how you're the general manager of your life, right? Mm-hmm. You can get all these sorts of advice from different people, medical experts, but at the end of the day, it's on you. Right, right, right. So at this point, you've had the decision to get that vaccine or right. not. So Absolutely. why no, don't we no... just proceed with the normal, normal life, normal college football season? normal protocols, you, you name it, normal stuff. Right. And, and understand that the everyone, I knew that the vaccine wouldn't prevent me from COVID. I don't know why some people are surprised to buy that. that that's been what they've said all along. And I and also want to, God, I hate getting this. People are going to be pissed. But this isn't a vaccine by what used to be the standards of a vaccine. This is something totally different. So I understand why people are hesitant. We've never put this kind of stuff across the whole human population. This isn't polio vaccine. This isn't a vaccine like we've had it in the past. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, do some research. Not on Facebook. Please, not on Facebook. But um, if, if people are choosing not to do it, 
which I'm, I've said this before, I'm a libertarian, so I'm all for that. But if they do get COVID, I think there, there should be some restrictions in for them because they made that choice. Here's the ramifications of that choice. You know, if I had decided, well, I don't want, you know, some people decide not to do chemo. It's, it's very destructive to your body. I'm not going to do chemo. I am instead going to take Rick Simpson oil. And every doctor will say, you're insane. If you don't know what Rick Simpson oil, I'm not getting to explain it, but as a cancer person, go look it up. Um, and there are numerous cases of people claiming it worked for them. I don't care if it was chance or not. If you have faith in your treatment, the treatment might work. Mm-hmm. If you have belief in what you're doing will be for the positive, whether it's health or going to church, I don't care. It might work. So um, I just think if you've had the vaccine, there should be some limitations lifted for you. And every time I put on a mask, I know I'm trying to protect everyone else. But at this point, if you don't have a vaccine or you don't have it, you made the choice. Why do I need to protect you from your own choices? I, it's like I'm being required to wear two seat belts because you're not wearing one. Hmm. That doesn't really – I don't understand this. And any, anybody that's unvaccinated isn't going to be wearing a mask anyway, so they're not going to care if you're wearing a mask, right? For the most part. To them. You would think for the most part it's like that. There is yeah. some By people who have – There's a lot of people who are unvaccinated um, just because they don't want to put in their – but they understand – I think we do – too much of saying, well, if you're unvaccinated, you don't believe in COVID. There's plenty of unvaccinated people that understand COVID's dangerous, mm-hmm. understand that it is not the flu, that understand that people have died and that um, whether they think the numbers are inflated or not, people are dying. I mean, I've seen too many people get sick, really sick. And really what we're learning, if, you, if you're older, if you're overweight, if you have some underlying health conditions, you're at the most danger. And I just described myself. <laughs> So it was a no-brainer. From Ohio Powercat, do you think that the non-playoff bowl games are less likely to be be played because of COVID or because the SEC just doesn't care about them? Mm. Mm, mm. Well, I'll say this. Uh, there's some of that. But uh, SEC, you don't get to brag about having all the guys oh. that are available for the NFL draft and we get all the best players when they decide not to play football for your school. Well, they're 0-1 in – the bowl games, right? Uh-huh. They just Auburn just lost. Well, that's my point. Is you, if you're getting the best players, and they opt out of the bowl game, they're not your players. No, <laughs> you still have to play the game, dude. These are your players that quit on your uh, your locker room. That's who you selected to be on your team. Go play your damn game. This is your team now. This isn't nobody. Nobody decided, hey, uh, we just really – it's not convenient for our schedule. I kind of want to go to my parents' house. They've decided I don't want to play football anymore at this school because I might get injured. I'm more important than this team. If those are the players you're selecting to be on your team, then don't bitch about being shorthanded. You have the hands that you recruited. And the ones that, that quit are your fault too because they quit. You picked them. Play your damn games. We're not going to lose any playoff games. Well, number one, there's way too much money. There's just way too much money. We're not going to lose any good bowl games either. No. I'll just say it. They're going to look the other way on the asymptomatics. They're going to look the other way. I'm confident it happened last season. 
I'm 100% confident there's a school in the Big 12 that played with asymptomatic players. I'm just, I don't, I'm not saying who it is or what it was. I'm just confident of it. You can't just be COVID-free for most of the year last year without people going, what? That's not how this uh, outbreaks have worked. If there, it's on your campus, which it was, but it's not in your locker room, come on. Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't think the SEC cares. At the bottom line, the bottom line is I don't think they care. They got into a bowl game. They're still going to claim that they're the best football conference. It just means more and less we don't care. Right. Yep. Exactly. Uh, next question comes from me, actually. Cole Carmody, 52. Uh, making a little lighter note. What? Zach picked my question. I don't know. Hmm. What is your New Year's resolution for K-State sports? When I asked this question, I intended it to be like, you can be somebody else. Like, not necessarily you covering it, but like if there's something you could have a resolution for inside the football program, inside the basketball program. Can you give us an example? I just want success. I want to get back to winning, guys. I feel like as an institution, we've settled on recruiting good athletes, and uh, if our coaches are nice people, we're okay with that. I'm not okay with that. And I think a lot of fans are getting that way. Crank up the pressure to be good at what you do. I don't feel any sympathy for any coach who's fired for having a losing record. Why? Because even the coaches in the the non-traditional sports are getting paid significantly more money than what your common citizen does. Mm They are. They have worked their way up to a level of their profession in which there is a great deal of pay and notoriety, and also it comes with the accountability that you should have for being a highly paid individual. That's why I hate guaranteed contracts. I just saw the – was it the Florida athletics director after a disastrous season got a – raise a year. Who the hell's getting a $500,000 a year raise because they sucked? What are we doing? We start running college athletics as a business. That's what it is. If you want to be in the the business of handing out hugs and, and creating great Boy Scout troops, and I'm not saying I want a bunch of criminals running around Manhattan, Kansas, wreaking havoc just because they win football games or basketball games or or women's soccer games. They, those are violent women. <laughs> they will kick you at any moment. Um, I'm saying we need to get focused back on let's be successful. I don't care what you're doing in life. If you're going to do it, let's do it, man. Let's not cheat. Let's not cut corners. Let's, let's do it. And I say let's not cheat. Let's play by the rules of the road. The speed limit's posted 70. If you go 70, you will get run over. And I've said this metaphor, this analogy over and over. Quit freaking going 70. Kansas just went by you at 109 miles an hour. And they don't get pulled over. I get that. I understand that. That's how it works in this on the rules of the road. But at least go 77, maybe 80. You'll probably get ticketed at 80, but play by the rules of the road. What are, what are the rules of the street out there that everyone else is going by? Let's do that. 
And if the NCAA wants to say, hey, hold on, we're this out of control, is everyone going to go play by these rules? Let's do that. Let's get back to worrying about being good, being excellent, and succeeding. What are we teaching kids? Well, we play hard. We don't win that much, but we play hard. Gills? Done. Just a good, um, obviously this would come with success, but a good fan base and a good a good passionate fan base. You know, a, fold out, a sold out Bramwich Coliseum, a sold out Bills on our family stadium. When's the last time we've seen either of those? Like I, Auburn? I, you know, and I, I'm with you on that. I don't know if that's fans or just society now. Well, I really don't. Whoever it falls on, I'd love to see I mean, more passion. We just got TVs everywhere and... I think I, I, that I was agree. one of my things with the pandemic was there's no going back for some people. Yeah. And, and it really struck basketball worse than football, mm-hmm. which surprised me a little bit. I think a lot of people are like, you know, I've been driving an hour, two hours to go see basketball games that really aren't that entertaining. And I just spent a year at home watching them on TV. That's good enough for me. And they haven't come back, have they? I mean, we're talking fan base, the alumni base. Mm-hmm. The, the students are there. The students are incredible. The students are the student section right now is one of the better ones I remember in recent years at K State, which is odd to me after the last two years of struggles in basketball. They did for the most part come back for football. But K State's never really sold out that stadium uh unless they're uber successful. Like, you know, that a year with Auburn was thought to be possibly a really big year and then they lost that game. But yeah, I get it. I get it. The fans just don't participate like they used to. So you said passionate fans then? Yeah. Passionate? Okay. I, our, our two might tie together, though. Yeah. If mm-hmm. if the fans don't feel like the, the programs are out there yeah. to be the best they can be and they just want to be happy campers and play hard, fans are like, I'm not paying. That's good. I'm not, I'm not going to pay for that. I'm actually going uh, to my, – my New Year's resolution is kind of along the same lines, um, but it would be to maybe – Take a look at some of the other sports around the athletic department. Um, look at what volleyball has done. With They have an amazing player in Aaliyah Carter. I, incredible. She's so much fun to watch. You look at Ioka Lee playing on the women's basketball team. She's one of the best players in the country. She's gonna, she is, if not like one or two, the number one or two best center in the country. The K-State baseball team has an outstanding chance to be really good this year. Um, I can't really speak much for track and field, but just going out and, and supporting the other, um, the other athletes that attend K-State, I know that's kind of a corny answer, but I think that this university has so much more to provide than just football and basketball. Right. And I know soccer really struggled with the women's team, but, um, well, but you mentioned great. athletes. you have Brooklyn Ince. Yeah. And she's going to play for, uh, the, the Kansas city, um, women's women's awesome. team. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of successful things that happen at K state. And I think sometimes people get bogged down in, in football and basketball as they should, it's the moneymaker. But you know, if you're an alumni, Paying you know small attention to some of those other sports, it, it it will make you it'll make you feel good because there is lots of success that happens with those sports. If you go to a women's soccer game, there's a chance you might see Adrian Martinez there. There you go, That's supporting true. his lady. Yep. Lady. Last question of the podcast is a new subscriber and welcome aboard. Welcome. Another one. We Another finished one. a lot. How many new subscribers we have? Well, at least two. At least two. There you go. Uh, From B. Foster, 1959. Hmm. How close is Davion Bradford to being 100%? I don't know. His his 100% is conditioning, and everyone's Mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. I mean, particularly big guys. Big guys take a little longer to get in condition. Like, for me, it's been 30 years. That's how long it's taken me. 
Do you, do you have any clue? I think he's getting there. I'd say he's pretty close to be, to being 100% of going up against your Albanese and uh, McNeese states. But once you go into Big 12 play, we'll really find out how, how you know how good of, of, of a shape he's in. So, you know, tonight, uh, as we're recording this, it'll be tomorrow night. But going up against uh, North Florida, he'll look fine. I think he's going to, you know, continue to show improvement. But once he goes up against Oklahoma – in the first conference game, we'll really find out if he is up to up to speed or not. And you know, Bradford's been obviously he struggled, but Eziegu's shown some really good, you know, flashes for K State. So Bradford not being 100, percent even if it's halfway through the conference season, isn't the end of the world. They've got guys that can step up. And there's been a time or two where Weber has rolled with the five guard lineup, and we saw you know Ishmasud is the tallest player on the court. So. I obviously you want Bradford to be 100%, but even if he's not for a little bit, K State's got some options. I personally think Davion Bradford needs to be starting against Oklahoma. In order for K State to be successful, in order for them to do what they want to do, Davion Bradford has to be the big guy. I love Casey Eziegu. I do. I think he is. He tries harder than just about anybody on that basketball I love team. Him. Yeah. He's the definition of an overachiever, and that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all because I put this in one of the pieces I put out on basketball. I think this might be the, the best big man combination K-State has had since DJ Johnson and Thomas Gibson. One, two, depth at the center position. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have to really think long and hard about who it was before them. And granted, that wasn't that long ago, but I mean, these guys, they can score the basketball and they can play defense. So the rebounding needs to be improved, no doubt about it. I think in order for Davion Brad, in order for K-State to be as good as they want to be, Davion Bradford has to be the starter, even if he's not 100%. But I, I think he's close. You can tell. He's jumping better. He's running better. He has better touch on his shots, on his layups around the rim. That was something, I mean, I remember seeing him get stuffed by the rim against Wichita State. He couldn't even put the ball in the hoop. Now he's dunking. His touch looks a lot softer. I think he's close. It wouldn't shock me to see Davion Bradford starting middle of January. I think it's really comparable to Mike McGurl and how if you want to be a successful team, McGurl needs to be on the bench at, at the start of a game. Bradford, come off the bench, yeah. If you want to be a really good team, Bradford needs to be your starter, but he's got to be 100%. Right. So I, I agree with you, Cole. I mean, he's just got to be up to speed. And if he is, K-State's got a really good chance to be good. But he's got to be there first. I know. It's it's so hard for a big man um, to compensate for an injury. I mean, God bless Casey Iziagu. Mm-hmm. This kid, he's watch him. He has basically a non-functioning knee. That thing's so braced up. And the way he has to run, but he still plays as hard as you possibly can when you know he's in pain. Mm-hmm. I love that kid. What did I you love- say last year? He ain't putting up with no shit. I, I just <laughs> yeah. love that he cusses in post game. <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, English is my second language, so I'm going to drop shit. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it. I like this group of kids a lot. I really do. They, they people should be proud of them, and I hope people support them. And even if you're not a big Bruce Weber fan, it look these kids are playing so much harder, and they're so much more unified than the last two or three teams at K State. I mean, it's been shameful what's happened since they won a Big 12 title. It it shouldn't be allowed. I'm just going to say it again. It, I don't have tolerance for this. I mean, at LSU, they fire a coach who won a national championship two seasons before because the program fell off at K-State. We apparently give you four years if you won a conference title. This team needs to get better. It would help if the fans supported them. But I think that's what's going on here. 
there's such a movement against Bruce Weber, or at least his style of basketball, not against him personally, about what the program is, that they won't even support the kids. And I'm just, that's cringy to me. Mm-hmm. It, it's, I'm not comfortable with mm-hmm. that. I'm with you. I had a tweet, someone tweeted at me, when do we cheer against K-State because we want to get rid of Weber? I'm like, never. You never cheer against, this is your team. Uh, and, and I know in hindsight, you can say, well, I'm glad we lost this game because then it led to this. I get it in hindsight. I mean, when you look back at at some of the worst things that happened in life, they turn out to be good things. Some of the greatest things are unanswered prayers, right? Well, just go with the flow. Support your school. Support your team. Will Davion Bradford be back? Well, hopefully he's 100% very soon. And if not, that's that's just life. You got to move on, and it's going to be okay. We'll figure it out. But let's get back to winning here. Let's Let's focus in on winning. This is so important. K-State needs to get off a good start. Oklahoma is a winnable road game. Now, they're good. They're good. They they brought in uh, the guy uh, from the Miami Tropics, or the not the Miami Tropics. The Flint Tropics. Flint Tropics. I just screwed that joke up so bad. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to my parents for giving me life. Um, I love that guy. I can't even think of his name. I don't know. He played at Eastern Washington. God, what great hair. Yeah. I just love people with hair. <sighs> Want some? That's what I want for Christmas. That's it. I'm sorry we talked so much about COVID in this podcast. I I really do. Hold on. Are we done with this topic? Yeah, we're done. Okay. I, and I know some of you are like uncomfortable and pissed off. And we, I really don't want to get political. I want to get real. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm just, like I said, I don't trust anyone at this point, including myself. There's so much nonsense out there that I don't even believe the people that we're supposed to believe. I just don't. I'm just tired of it. I'm sick of it. And uh, Omicron, uh, bite me. That's the that's the end of the podcast. I've just told a virus to bite me, which probably is a bad idea. Now <laughs> to think about Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. (laughs) Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.